Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. Today on the show, we have my best friend, Jennifer Reardon. Uh, Not only is Jen really fun to talk to, as you'll hear, she also is somebody who I would consider one of the most creative people I know, and creative in all sorts of ways. So Jen and I met actually in high school um, in an art club, so she's a fantastic painter, but she's also so, so good at creating content. And she's so good at growing herself on social platforms and putting herself out there and just really taking advantage of like growing uh, trends and growing platforms such as TikTok. And she's had a ton of success growing on TikTok, uh, as you will hear all about. So I thought it'd be really fun to have her on today just to chat with you all about, first of all, how being creative in general and being creative in the way that you maybe grow a side gig, which she's had a lot of success with as well. And also talking about just TikTok and other ways to really take advantage of social platforms and pay attention to where might be the best place to put your work um, and grow your audience. So I hope you guys find this helpful. We also have some really funny stories at the end that we chat about. So definitely stick it out there. Uh, stick it out for that. I know it's a longer episode, but there was so much good stuff that we just really couldn't cut it. So um, like I said, there's some really funny stories at the end. So stay tuned for that. And thank you so much, Jen, for coming on. And without further ado, I hope you guys enjoy this episode. You know, Jen, you and I have known each other for like, you know, how long now? It's been. Um, it's been so since we were 14. So like more than 10 years. Yeah, we've known each other for like 11 years now. And wow. Jen has, which just makes me want to cry. Like, I feel like I I'm like an old and wrinkly and it scares the crap out of me. But anyway, so um, Jen and I have known each other for a long, long time. And you've always had either a job or a side gig. Um, and so I think you know, not all of the side gigs have been arts, but I just want to hear about like how you started, you know, into this world of always having a side gig. Totally. Um, That's a really good question. I feel like I've asked myself that question too lately because I'm trying to think of more side gigs for like the present. (laughs) So you're a true creative. Yep. Thank you. Um, I would say like first and foremost, I think like the this is really dark, but I feel like the obsession with money came from the financial crisis in 2008. Yeah. Um, just because, like, I had all that. these hobbies. Like, I had hobbies and interests, and my parents made me pay for a lot of my own stuff um, during that time, just because it was, like, a bad time for everybody, of course. Yeah. And my hobbies were really expensive, so I had to go to, like, private tumbling classes and things like that and like gymnastics lessons and like my parents made me pay for it myself and that's obviously before the time you could get a job legally in Illinois that was like age 12 to 13. So I started doing like side stuff. I taught like some art lessons to kids. Um, Obviously babysitting is like a really normal side gig but um, so I did a lot of babysitting. I did like I taught art classes and then I helped my cousin run this like sports camp thing and so I think I got used to just like making money in like weird ways and then during school obviously I had like a normal job which was just lifeguarding and all of that but I still did some art on the side and then Julia and I obviously took art together in high school and I would say um like late high school slash after high school is when I got really into like watercolor painting and like painting architecture type stuff And I think that's what I, like, mostly enjoy doing. I honestly was really bad at it at first, I think. I was better at drawing, for sure. 
and I'm probably still better at drawing, but I just really, really liked doing watercolor, which always helps if you have something you can do on the side that you really like, you know? Mm-hmm. So I got into like doing watercolor paintings and just trying to practice and get better. And then the architecture thing was always an interest of mine. So like the main way I made money through painting was doing commissions of people's houses or like restaurants that are important to them or like city landscapes. And I think that's still mostly what I'll like accept for doing a, like a commission for. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, in college, I got really into spray tanning. Which well, I love. Track. My <laughs> spray tan obsession began very early. <laughs> I love it. I love very this, smart. I love this story more than any other Jen story. Like this like... <laughs> Is like her very very successful spray tanning business, yeah, which is like honestly a form of art. Like you, you are like oh. the best spray tanner I've it's ever like met. Contouring. In my I life. had a, so much. I like we really had a someone that. in my college that did that, and I remember because I was in a sorority, and I helped her uh, with a little bit of marketing stuff for because I was graphic design, oh. and she was it was Indiana, so like lots of people, and she would come over to the sorority and just like set up her like tent, and it was just like one after another, and just like boom, 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 and she, every formal she'd come. She, I mean, it was like twenty bucks a tan, and she made bank. <laughs> totally, no, absolutely, it's literally like that was by far my best side business so far. Um, basically, how it started, I did like cheerleading in high school, and my team would go get spray tans literally once a week. They were only $10, so I would just go get spray tans. And so I got really, like, used to getting spray tans. And then when I went to college, of course, I didn't have $10 spray tans anymore. Um, So I ordered my own spray tan machine. And I ordered, like, a bunch of different kinds of solutions, tested them Mm -hmm. out. It honestly took me a while to find a solution I really loved. But my machine came, and so I started spray tanning myself. And then I have a couple younger sisters, so they let me sort of, like, test out spray tanning on them. But... (laughs) I honestly started, I like lied in the beginning. Like I would spray tan people and tell them I already knew how to do it when I didn't. Um, But it's really, really easy. So it was fine. Um, And so I basically just started spray tanning people. And then I didn't even do very much marketing for it. It was honestly just like word of mouth. And I probably undercharged, which we can talk about that later, like charging. I think that's like my main issue as like a side gig person. Like I always end up undercharging just Mm -hmm. because... I get awkward about charging people, especially people I know, like the proper amount yeah. for things. I feel like I like owe people a discount for some reason. Um, welcome. So <laughs> yes, welcome. <laughs> welcome. Yeah, yeah. It's, was, it's difficult. It's so difficult. Um, yeah, that was probably my main problem, but I also think it's how it blew up because I was straight up giving like seven, $8 spray tans at the time. And so then I just started spray tanning a bunch of people. And for reference, my spray tans were only costing me $1.50 each to give. So it was still a really good, like, profit margin, you know. It was just, yeah, like... Yeah, now I'm thinking I got ripped off yeah, <laughs> from yeah, our person. Yeah. No, for real. Um, but, you know, like, then you're supposed to charge people for your time and blah, 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 yeah. all that stuff. But so then I started raising the price. Um, I think I ended up charging around, like, 15 per spray tan. But same thing. Like, I think... The price of my solution only really increased a little bit, and then I bought a nicer machine. So technically, at that point, each spray tan was maybe costing me like two dollars, and I was making fifteen to twenty off of each of them. So um, yeah, that was definitely my most successful side business in college. Like, I ended up spray tanning people. I don't know 
pretty much all day Thursday nights, all day Friday. I had no classes on Fridays and I would schedule my classes around my spray tans. So I would just like make sure to take classes that weren't on Friday so I could spend the entire day spray tanning people. And then um, sometimes on Saturday, Sunday. So I would end up doing like minimum probably 20 spray tans a week if there was nothing going on. And then maximum like around like 500. So wow. it was a lot. Um, but I made a lot of money to the point where like I definitely made more money than I did at my first real time job. Um, Absolutely. <laughs> Do you still yeah, I definitely made spray more. tan? Yeah. And I was also able to save a lot of money in college. That is my other like suggestion for people who have side gigs is like, if you don't have to spend it on something, like, of course, there's people who have expenses to pay off. But like, I didn't have to pay rent in college. Um, I didn't have very many expenses in college. So I was mostly able to save. I was able to save the majority of it for sure, which did give me a nice little cushion after graduation just because my first job was not very well paying so that was really nice um yeah so i think that's it and then my other side businesses i have right now they're not as successful as the spray tan one just because i work full-time and um whatnot but i do like social media on the side now so i do make money for my tiktoks not very much and i do get a lot of dms on instagram to do like ads mm -hmm. mostly on tiktok and I haven't done one yet just because there hasn't been any type of brand that's reached out that I've really wanted to like advertise for. And I mostly mm -hmm. do my TikTok for fun, but I, I could probably make more money from TikTok. I just like kind of don't really want to use it for that unless it's something I really liked, you know? Yeah. I love. I like... Oh, sorry. Sorry. No, I just wanted to dive into that a little bit just because yeah. I've one, I've, I've had a lot of those brands. I'm on the Instagram side, not the TikTok. Yeah. I haven't parted my ways there. And just hearing about, you know, the monetary, there's a lot of, and I don't know if you've seen, there's a new documentary that's called Fake Famous, and people have this idea of what social media influencers are and that there's right. a lot of money behind it. And yeah. yes, there is some money. And I mean, I'm not, I haven't quit my day job um, to be able to do it. I'm sure there are people that were able to do it. Um, but kind of going back to what you were saying about, the save up. I think that's a lot of like people that had totally. the side hustle of social media content creation. They've saved up that would allow them to dedicate their time and energy because you're not being paid per every post when you start off. Um, no. And even when you do get paid per post, I mean, some companies just to give people a high level, I mean, some like you're lucky if you can get for small brands, like a hundred dollars is a lot for a yeah. post and people don't realize some of those posts can take hours of time. Yes. And so, and that's where it's like your hourly rate, you get down to like, you might as well just do something different. Um, totally. And that's what Jennifer, what I love what you're saying is like, you do it for fun. And I think yeah. that's kind of where, unfortunately, <laughs> social media has kind of changed because that's, I always get people always be like, well, we could increase your following. We could do this. I'm like, I just do this for fun. <laughs> this totally. is just a creative outlet. And that's where we kind of would, I'd love to ask you some questions of how did you get into the TikTok space? What drove yeah. you to TikTok versus Instagram um, and content creation in general? Totally. Um, Julia, can I test? I always have loved Instagram. So I think like I definitely was pretty active on Instagram and probably like overactive. Like I wasn't posting like great stuff. I just was posting a lot. And so... I think what I realized about Instagram is, and here's the thing about my Instagram usage too. Like I don't check my likes. I don't 
once I post something, it's done. I never think about it mm-hmm. again. So it's not the, like the thrill of people liking my stuff and commenting on it that I like. I genuinely just like like taking the photo, editing it, and posting it. So I realized I more liked like the creation part of social media rather than like the the likes and comments, which I think is healthier to be yes. quite honest. Um, just because some people do get like really caught up in likes and stuff, especially like younger people. But I realized I thought they were getting rid of them. Yeah, exactly. Um, Yeah, which is honestly probably a good thing and a bad thing in some ways, I guess. But anyway, so I liked that. And then TikTok, um, I have a sister who's 10 years younger than me. And so TikTok obviously was musically before it was TikTok. Like they, they pretty much just changed the name of it and changed the platform a little bit. And so all of like the kids were on musically which like, I don't know anyone our age that was like really into Musical.ly. But um, basically like my sister was always on Musical.ly. Like I saw her doing it. It was just like lip syncing and stuff. And then it became TikTok. And um, my sister would like ask me to be in some of her TikToks. And so I think the first time I was in her TikToks was in like the fall of, like fall before quarantine. So that would be fall 2019, I think, Mm -hmm. is when I started like being in some of her TikToks. And I realized, like, how fun it was just to be in her TikToks. Like, she would ask me to, like, learn a dance with her. And I would, like, learn it. And I was like, oh, this is kind of fun. And then she would, like, show me how she filmed it and stuff. And I just thought it was fun. And then a couple of her TikToks kind of blew up. Um, And they weren't, like, they were just really funny. And so I thought it was cool that her stuff was blowing up. Not from, like, being aesthetically pleasing, like, Mm -hmm. Instagram, but just because she was funny and stuff. And so I made a TikTok account. And at that point, she thought it was, like, so cringy. She was like, oh, my God. Like, this is so embarrassing. You have a TikTok. Because it was only, like, little kids on TikTok. (laughs) Um, And so I was like, no, I, like, like TikTok. I think it's fun. And then so I was on it, like, far before quarantine. I don't think I started actually posting, like, public videos for a while. I think I was, like, private and friends only or something. So it was, like, literally just my sister and her friends. Um, That's almost even better. I love that. Who are, like, Like... 14. Yeah. And then, um, uh, and then once, like, quarantine started, like, some people our age started posting. And so I was, like, whatever, I'll just post. And at that point, I was too embarrassed to post ever without my sister. And I was just posting, like, stupid stuff, like, still dances and stuff, like, with my 14-year-old sister. So it looked more normal. Um, and then Megan's a prop (laughs) yeah Megan was literally a prop Um, and then so obviously like once TikTok gets to know you they start showing you stuff that's like more your vibe you know Mm -hmm. and then I started noticing that people like weren't just doing dances they were like talking on camera and stuff and I was like I think I can do that and so I started like talking on camera and I definitely don't think like um, like I think a lot of my stuff is like super crappy for sure. Um, but I do think some of it was like funny enough, which is like why I had a few viral videos and then like I gained followers. Um, but I will say TikTok became really, really crowded once mm-hmm. the creator fund came out, which was in I think June or July. So that's that's how TikTok started paying people essentially. So once TikTok started paying people, a lot more people started making videos and came on. Yeah. Um, And then, so it's been a lot harder for me to grow my account since then. Um, Like within the first like month or two, I think I got like 
40k followers which mm -hmm. isn't very much now but at the time it was a lot because not that many people are on TikTok yet or at least not how it is now and then now I would say I grow like I still grow consistently but I'm still at less than 100k now and I do kind of think at this point I probably maybe should have hit 100k but at the same time like the algorithm changes um mm -hmm. a lot and TikTok likes to keep you where you are so it's really really hard to get now I'm just explaining TikTok sorry no no, no I, it's interesting and helpful <laughs> Um, I'm also yeah. like mind blown. <laughs> I was reached out to from TikTok to create content and I didn't understand what this TikTok fund was oh, in the summer. So and I was, I was like, what is this? Like, it was like yeah. some sort of like Coley, some sort of like company that represents, that connects with influencers to create content. And at Got the time it. it hadn't quite taken off yet. Kind of like you were yeah. saying, like it wasn't, I mean, I watched it and with work, we were trying to like kind of figure it out. But I was like, for myself, I, I'm a health and wellness and fitness. And I just didn't see the space for me at the time. Right. Um, totally. In it. And I was like, and eh, that doesn't seem like me. And now I'm like, oh, that's what that email was. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, like, sure. like literally right now. I'm like, oh, <laughs> I know. It's so like, yeah, I know. So is it too late for the rest of us is, I guess, like, a question I have because, like, no. I feel like I've missed the boat on, on t however, I've had a couple of videos, I mean, personally, that I've gotten, like, crazy amounts mm -hmm. of views for, not even, like, my right. best work, which is what's unfortunate, but. I know, right? That's the thing. Um, <laughs> so, no, it's definitely not too late, but they do make it harder to reach certain milestones. So, for example, mm -hmm. to get approved to be in the creator fund, which is what pays you. You have to have at least 10k followers so now the hardest milestone you can reach is just getting 10k followers from like yeah however many you have because they don't want you to get the 10k because once you get 10k they have to start paying you yeah so they really don't want you to hit that so it's it's a lot harder for like smaller creators now to blow up mm -hmm. which is really unfortunate because i feel like that's one of the reasons why people loved tiktok in the first place so it's really hard to hit the 10k milestone then they don't want you to hit the other milestones because the more followers you get, the more views you have, and then the more they have to pay you because they pay you per views, not per followers. Gotcha. So you Reminds get less the 10K videos. swipe up. Yeah. You know how like then, in, in Instagram, Instagram, like the biggest thing a long time ago was like, yeah, you get the 10K for the swipe up. And yes, like now exactly. it's like you need the 100K <laughs> I know, TikTok. Right? Yeah. Totally. Yeah. So basically it's really hit it's really really hard to hit those like milestones and if you can like find your audience that wants to follow you that's like amazing but it's definitely harder to get now than it used to be just because again they essentially don't want to pay you and then they also push videos out on the for you page like based on obviously if people like your stuff or not and so it's like and whether or not you'll keep posting with your follower account so if they see my follower count right now is 85k and yet I still post almost every day. Like they think I'm happy with my follower count. Oh. And so they won't like help me grow my following because they know I'm going to like go on the app and use it and continue to post. That is so and, interesting. Like, yeah. Because I and noticed so I was posting and like daily and then I was like not really growing or having more people view my stuff. And then I just kind of took a hiatus for a little bit because I got busy. And then I posted a video and it like got so many more views. Yep. I was like, they probably want me back. You know, like, that's, what it, that's what it is. 
yeah that's literally what they're doing which is like crazy and it it like literally works because i pretty much still am so addicted to it that i continue posting but i'm trying really really hard to like only do it like not every day now um just because Mind games I, yeah that's literally what it is but it makes sense since it's like a business i feel like i'm giving away all their secrets but whatever it's not a secret like you can like, <laughs> search it and see obviously google like, it yeah yeah um but the good news is that once you do hit 100k um then it's much easier to grow because like at that point you already have good following like they think that like people really like your stuff which might get them mm -hmm. hooked on the app and that you have good stuff so once you hit 100k you'll notice if you follow somebody who has for example there's this one woman i followed who started posting things after i did in quarantine um and she was like at the same follower count as me forever and then all of a sudden she had a few viral videos and she was at like 90k and i was just watching her stuff and like it would grow so slowly so slowly and then finally she hit 100k and then a month after she hit 100k she hit 200k and then i saw the same mm. thing happen to another girl so like that's like the big benchmark is like if you can hit it then like great but um it like takes a really long time to get to that point so i mean we that's say a really long time but like you've only been on this app for like I mean, really, Two like, years, Max. not even, like, a, yeah. a year, like, kind of, yeah. really. So, I mean, to get to, like, 100K followers in a year, I a mean, lot. that's a lot. Like, that's a lot that's true. in my mind. But Do you no, think, totally. so just going to, like, the content side of it, um, because obviously artists are creating um, 2D, do you think that people on the platform are looking for just, I mean, obviously with quarantine, people are looking for a little bit more lightheartedness, some fun stuff sure. to look at um, versus tutorials or like, do you, is there a specific content that you've seen do well? Um, is it just showing, is it making jokes of that artists can relate to or just showing how you painted your art? I would say it depends, of course, on the person and like mm -hmm. what your strengths are. So like, if you're a funny person and you're able to like be funny and be <laughs> relatable and like make jokes, then like, I do think that would work really well. But I, I genuinely think like it depends on the audience that you're going for too, because there are definitely people who are on TikTok to try to learn how to paint stuff. There are also people on TikTok that are just learning how to be like, they just want to see something like aesthetically pleasing and cool. And then there are people who want to like relate to you, which would mm -hmm. be like your fellow artists. So that's like a difficult question to answer just because my, my target audience on TikTok is definitely not artists. It's like yeah. teenage girls. Um, and so that's like hard for me to answer. And I'm like still figuring out like who, like what stuff my audience likes best too. Um, that is an answer. <laughs> So if you change your account to be a pro account, you can see your analytics, which is like the gender, like it'll show you a little pie chart of like the gender breakdown. Yeah. So if you just change it to a pro account, which I think anyone can do, um, yeah, then it's you probably can the see business. like the gender breakdown. Yeah. I don't think it shows you age, but it does show you by country, which is also kind of helpful. And then it'll show you what time people view your stuff most. So you could like maybe get an idea of like who is watching your stuff like based on that sort of. Um, I wish they showed you age. They don't. Um, well, because it's all 15, 14. <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's um, so yeah, if you like look at that breakdown, but I would say like my main tip for like, tr like I would just like post 
test videos. Like there's no harm in trying out a few different things and seeing what people like. And then pretty much once you see what people like, then just literally keep doing that, um, which sucks. Or you could just go the route of, I'm just going to post whatever I want to post, which is sometimes yeah. what I do. But if you're trying to like grow your account, then I would just keep posting whatever does the best. Would you recommend to, I mean, I, with the world shifting, Snapchat, any of those other social media things, are you purely like TikTok um, invested? Um, do you, I see a lot of people create stuff on TikTok and post on Instagram. Sure, yeah. I guess it's like copy and paste, but it's still, you know, a lot of, it still takes time to do. Are you sure. all in on one? Or are you still in all spaces? So I definitely try to be active on at least TikTok and Instagram. But just again, personally, I'm not like really trying to like make money or grow at least like my Instagram account or anything like that too much anymore. Mm -hmm. But what I do say, and like I've said this in job interviews slash like I've talked to a couple brands, not about working with them, but just essentially about how to use TikTok um, and yeah. like why you should be on it. So a lot of brands are like scared to get on TikTok because A, there's like the data privacy issues and then B, because they don't think their audience is on TikTok. But what I've explained to them is you can kind of like tell when a social media platform is dying based on if another platform is taking over that. So for example, we could see yes. as like a young group Facebook dying because the only stuff younger people started posting on Facebook were just their Instagram photos. Like they would just share their Instagram photo to Facebook. So then Facebook essentially became Instagram. Now like older people still really like Facebook, but like young people mm -hmm. don't really use it all that much anymore. And like you could see when it was dying because we were only sharing our Instagram photos on that. And then, so b basically what I'm trying to say is like, that's what's what happening. I've seen is like yeah. Instagram is being taken over by TikTok because people are posting TikToks on Instagram and then reels. I don't know how many people make original reels, but I would bet that like most of the reels are coming from TikTok. So people mm -hmm. are just reposting their TikToks on Instagram. And then Twitter yeah. has become like memes and TikToks too. And then even like some news articles and stuff, like you'll see like TikTok. And so I just feel like people should be on TikTok because pretty much now to grow your other social accounts, you need to be posting TikToks. Yeah, no, that's uh, totally makes sense. Yeah. So yeah, I would say like, yeah, if you're trying to grow your social platforms, like TikTok is definitely the best way to do it. Um, and then Snapchat, I like feel apparently the kids according to my sister are are using snapchat like more than ever which i'm like shocked really? about I'm so yeah shocked. <laughs> yeah like, one like, friend that still use... uses it no right every day <laughs> i completely agree like i don't use snapchat at all and i don't know anybody that like really use snapchat that much anymore like who's our age but apparently the kids are like primarily communicating via snapchat oh my god i remember I in high school that COVID. was like how we communicated yeah. And like Snapchat chat, and they get yeah. their news from Snapchat primarily too. I so like, started doing that at one point. I liked looking at the like e fashion. Like there was some cool fashion stuff yeah. that talked. Yeah, I did Because I just you get overwhelmed. I love fashion, and I always got overwhelmed on Instagram. Just like outfit, outfit, outfit. Whereas with um, Snapchat, it was like someone was talking about like, oh, so and so is wearing this, and it's this, and you know, there's a little bit more depth to it than just that. like a photo. For sure. Yeah. I did like so that. It's, it's interesting. I don't know. I feel like consulting the younger kids is like a good I idea. I think so. Also do what's oh, so yeah. interesting. Remember during like 
the protests that were going on. Yeah. I had Snapchat and you could go and there's like heat maps on oh. gosh, on Snapchat and I could like see all the Snapchats from all the protests going on in the city or all over the country. Oh, like those wait, because which protests. That is crazy. So I could see like I mean this past summer, like all the protesting oh. going on. So if you went on Snapchat, you could go to like the heat maps see where all the people that. were. And like so I mean that was like a whole thing about like people who are protesting like you need to turn off like you turn on a ghost mode so like people can't track where you there was a whole thing about oh. people like tracking where the protests were happening oh. based on Snapchat heat maps and like then seeing like I just was curious to see what was going <laughs> on at the protests and like you know yeah. all that stuff. But anyway, I thought that was interesting and I was like this is an it's interesting targeting. Yeah, this is interesting side of Snapchat that I actually am like this is kind of been cool like i mean real-time sure. news like seeing where it's actually happening well facebook um, doesn't does facebook own snapchat now um i don't know. i know they own instagram i don't know i mean i feel like facebook owns everything at this point but that's yeah that's so true um anyway yeah. i thought that was uh, interesting all right well i don't know how i mean my, my next question too is like i mean you <laughs> might probably don't know this answer either jen but like how does like how would for example if we're just doing this an artist get on like Snapchat, would it just be like, here's what I'm working on today, you know, or like, would that um, not be something people are looking for content wise? Is that just not the platform for artists, do you think? That's like a really good question. Um, I, my first thought would it be, it probably isn't like the platform. It's, I think it's like, you might as well try, but I definitely don't mm-hmm. think that like an artist should put most of their energy into that do you know what I mean like maybe like five percent of your no maybe like three percent of your energy but like if you're trying to reach you know your best audience I still think like Instagram and Mm -hmm. primarily TikTok TikTok also does so much of the work for you because they literally find the audience that would like you again it's getting harder now that they started paying people and all that stuff and maybe YouTube actually YouTube is a lot of work But I feel like for somebody who is trying to learn art, like the first thing I would do is go search on YouTube, like blah, blah, blah tutorial, which I do all the time. So I feel like the main things I would say are like TikTok, Instagram, YouTube. Um, And I think like, yeah, Julia, as you know, like if you can just get like a few people who love your stuff and are like recurring customers or just Mm -hmm. like help boost you in some way like some type of weird community not weird but i feel like i mean like- we are weird artists are weird, <laughs> <We're all> weird. <laughs> i definitely feel like youtube and tiktok are the best just because making videos and like showing your personality and your work is so much more like personable than just posting a photo but I agree. julia you do a really good job of like going live and like posting videos to instagram and like you're super personable. On I try. So, like you do a really, really good job with that. Thank you. I appreciate it because I feel so freaking awkward yeah. when no, I do it. Totally, it's so <laughs> awkward. But I keep reminding well, myself that if I were to find if some if Aaron if you were to go on or Jennifer if you were to go on Instagram yeah. or if Jennifer I'd see you on TikTok You'd all probably the time. Think nothing of it. I don't think it's awkward. Like I don't. I'm yeah. like, oh, it's Jen or oh, it's yeah. Aaron, and I'm like happy to see your face. And so oh. I, I just try to remind myself like. That's what people think when they see my mm-hmm. face. And even if that's not true, I'm like, I it's have hard. to tell myself that because it makes it easier. Um, no, yeah. for sure. I also think, like, there's, like, this new, um, well, not new, but, like, it's funny because the younger kids, like, 
joke about how they all act like they're famous on Instagram because they literally do that. Like they'll just talk to the camera or like go live or be like, here's what I'm doing today. And it's weird because it's like, why are like influencers the only ones that can talk to the camera without it being seen as like weird? Like it's not weird anymore to like do that, Mm -hmm. at least in the Mm -hmm. eyes of like the younger kids. So I don't think it's considered weird anymore, but it's weird to us because like people weren't doing that up until recently. Um, Yeah. Yeah, like even thinking about if I, I think even a year ago, thinking about doing that made me (laughs) want to like cry. Erin, you did it far before. Yeah. (laughs) You were doing it way before. I was doing like three, four years ago. Yeah, when I I first met you, like you were starting to do it. I was like, how do you do this? I think I even asked you like one time when we were like, like, yeah, I think we're at your apartment and I'm like, Erin, like, how do you talk to the camera? (laughs) I'm, I'm, well, one, I'm older than both of you. Um, so I was in that field before. Because you were, you were an, you were an influencer. Yeah. I mean, that was when, but, but I think when Instagram was at its hot peak, that's when I was an influencer, if that makes Mm -hmm. sense. Like things have definitely settled down, um, since COVID, especially I'd say in the influencer world, because I'm fitness, um, everything shut down for fitness. Yeah. So you're on your own. True. Um, and I did live classes. I mean, yes, I'm in advertising, but my passion was always teaching fitness and yoga. And that's, I found social media and Instagram a great outlet for my fitness and health and wellness. Whereas I wasn't going to share all my advertising tips and tricks on social media because that was my day job. Yeah. Um, but when I started teaching yoga classes last year, Everyone seemed to love them, but I hated them. I could not. Enjoy, I hated teaching the digital ones. You mean the, the digital ones? yoga? Yeah. I yeah. couldn't do it. Oh, the Instagram okay. Live, like so many people would join, and everyone was like, "Do it again, do it again." And I'm like, it was so weird talking, like, to I, it, yeah, to nobody or cueing people, or it's just kind of like I'm doing a yoga class by myself while talking out loud. That's what it felt right. like. Yeah, <laughs> like no. I'm crazy, um, but I can say like a couple, like three, four years ago when social media was really popular in my life um I got I can say I definitely got burnt out by it um but I would which is why I have not really taken a leap to TikTok because I spent so much time and energy on Instagram and now I'm like oh to start over again another thing um to find my niche not that I'm opposed to it I, I am guilty I love watching them I think they're funny and they're mindless um but I do know what goes on the work that goes on behind scenes but I think talking in the camera I think the hardest part, what I felt was, every time I did it, I always heard from a family member or someone close, like, Erin, you seem so, like, that's not really you. I'm like, well, you know, I'm talking in front of a camera that I'm not used to. And so I would record it four or five times to make sure I didn't feel awkward. But (laughs) I think that sometimes makes you, like, I almost think always the times that I've ever done it, the first take is always the best. 100%. 100%. John, do you feel that way when you record your 100%. TikToks? 100%. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. literally 100%. Even if I'm, like, stumbling on my words or something, like, the first take is, like, usually the most, like, authentic. I yeah. totally agree. Because otherwise, if you say it 60 million times, even, like, we're... I it's mean, a script. Jennifer also has a podcast, by the way, yeah. so we will we'll plug that in, in, at the end <laughs> of this episode. But, like, I don't know if you feel this way with you and Kylie when you record your podcast, but I know, like, when Aaron and I started, we would we started doing, like, takes of it. Which oh, was because we because we kind of had a we thought we were gonna be a little bit more like scripted at first mm-hmm. and we yeah. just like couldn't do it we're just like this sounds oh, so robotic like, at, when we would listen to it back and I was like honestly the first take even though it didn't have all the info like sounds way better um, yeah completely agreed 
Yeah. And I feel like people like, okay, your friends and family saying that it was awkward is kind of, well, I'm not trying to be mean to them, but. Nope, it's okay. I would say like my tip <laughs> for people who don't post content is like, don't make your friends who do it feel weird because yeah. like, it's not your thing. Like, why would you like care or like judge somebody? And also like, trust me, it's like a lot harder and a lot more like work than it looks. And mm-hmm. so. I don't know. I just feel like putting somebody down or saying they seem awkward is just, like, not the best. No, it's not. Trust me. I was always like, okay. And I, you know, I put my blinders on, be like, you know what? They're just jealous, you know? Yeah. Like, they they didn't do it. They didn't try it. I'm like... What I would have said is, like, well, why don't you try? Like, oh, yeah. Totally. They're like, yeah. you're so much funnier in real life, Erin. You always come off so serious. And I'm like, well, I'm talking about health and wellness. I'm not making a joke right now. Yeah. Um, plus, at the time, like, I mean, times have changed. But I, I think something that I personally like about the shift in TikTok is the authenticity. I do know there's a lot of work that goes into it. Don't get me wrong with some of them like crafted and cropped and cut and stuff like that. However, I think Instagram was getting too polished. It was becoming an editorial ad. Um, Everyone was a model. Whereas TikTok, yeah, we still have a little bit of that, but it's raw. It's a little bit more rough around the edges and it's just creative humor. Uh, I mean, I think one of the this is really old when it, I think this came out in like March of last year. It was like the horse with the woman's like ponytail and she's leaning forward and someone was, do you guys know what I'm talking about? I don't know what you're talking about. It was like the horse, like the horse, like, um, butt with the tail. And it was like, just, I mean, it was two people that it, it looked like someone was riding a horse and you don't realize it's like someone's top of their head with a ponytail. Well, anyways, it's just like those clever, creative. Okay, I know. I, like, I can imagine what you're talking about now, but I don't think I see it now. I'm like absolutely yeah, want to go look coming, that up because I think that sounds really well, funny. It went viral. Like everyone started doing it and trying it, and it was just kind of like one of those like creative. I I always uh, admired artists um, yeah. that could look at something and make it into something else. Uh, I there was an ad that I once saw, and it was like an old creative director of mine. It was for a barbecue, f- like Wisconsin or Minnesota fair, and it was a cat, is it cat lily or one of those, uh, it's a plant and he had put a hot dog bun around it for the barbecue. So it was just like taking an everyday object and turning it into something else. And I think that's where you see a lot of that unique creativity come to life through TikTok, which yeah. unless you were, you knew how to do animated GIFs um, in Instagram, which isn't easy, you were kind of limited to just stills. No, totally. But, yeah, I feel like... Another question I have and what I'm thinking about, and this is kind of, so like the rawness that Aaron's talking about, and then I'm thinking about like the authenticity that, I mean, you know, debatable, I think TikTok can also has like a dark side too, obviously, that's very, that's very like polished and like unrealistic, but... Um, it doesn't have that same like finessed look on when you go to like someone's actual page, you know, it doesn't look like an Instagram page, right? It doesn't look super like my, I know mine doesn't, my TikTok page. You can't Photoshop out blemish, like there's filters and whatnot, but those filters aren't as perfect. Whereas, I mean, I've seen, I mean, I'm in advertising. I've worked on so many campaigns and seen the before and after photos of all that. Like, but that was what was becoming Instagram. Like, Instagram was becoming the billboard. Um, so, for, like, an artist, though, okay, so like, because I think, I don't know, I'm, I get really in my head about this. Like, I want my feed to look super nice when someone comes to it so that they're drawn in and they want to follow me. Um, but then I, I wrestle with this, too, because I also want to be, like, authentic and, like, yeah. have people, like, get a sense of me as an artist, too. I don't, I mean, Jen, I don't know 
what your thoughts are on this or if it's the same for artists and like versus a non-art feed but what do you think is a good balance for artists to strike um so i would say aesthetic is definitely especially on instagram like it is important but i do think we're kind of straying away a little bit from aesthetic um there's also this new like gen z I was actually going to make an Instagram post about it this week and post like, not a joke, but like just something really casual. They're doing this whole trend of like make Instagram casual again, because if you look back at like our pictures from high school, it's like the Mm -hmm. stupidest stuff. Like it's just like whatever we wanted to post. And so at least I know for the younger kids, like they're starting this whole like make Instagram casual thing again, Mm -hmm. where they're literally just posting whatever they want. So it's like, again, you could try it out. Like, I think my main piece of advice was would just be like you might as well try especially if you're still at the point where you're trying to figure out what you want to do it's like you definitely could try making something aesthetically pleasing and like putting more work into like your aesthetic and like how your grid looks or you could go the total opposite route which is like making it look casual and just posting whatever you want like whenever you want um it's like really hard to figure out I just feel like trying both, like there's no harm. And then once you kind of decide on it, you can go back and like archive things and like fix things up like how you want to. But most of the time, like your your followers who already follow you aren't going to unfollow you. So mm-hmm. you might as well try like the one route and then try the other route and just like archive and then unarchive until you like figure out what A, like, works best for you to grow your thing. And then B, I would say, like, my other thing, which is why I don't do ads and why I don't put Mm. very much time into making my TikToks is, like, what you guys were talking about with the burnout. Like, once you start posting stuff you don't actually like or, like, editing things that you don't actually personally like, it's way easier to get burnt out and it feels like a job or, like, it feels like just, like, a weight. So I would just say, like, posting stuff you actually like is i think the key just because as we know like being consistent is like probably like the number one rule and like the only way you're going to be consistent is if you actually like what you're doing so i would say just like try to like a you might as well experiment and then that might help you figure out what you like to make anyways and then it'll also show you like what other people like and then be um yeah just to like avoid burnout and make it like fun for you just like don't post things that you don't actually like believe in you know what I mean like yeah or it doesn't have to be like absolutely like perfectly edited yeah. every single time because yeah. that's exhausting as well or like oh, for yeah. sure it's exhausting. well and that comes from what I noticed was because I was also on Instagram even before influencers were a thing and it was really for the artists like it was yeah. for photographers that's when I actually joined it originally and I was in London at the time and it was just like grungy like hipsters yeah, that were like showing like t- their it was photos. like tumblr it was yeah, yeah, it was, yeah yes exactly and i noticed the shift in the aesthetic because of like and i also had like the inside scoop because i was working in advertising because of advertising and that's when social media was in advertising companies and not with uh social media right. agencies and it was when brands joined instagram because yeah. they had the f- the money and the funds for the photo shoots and so that's where it got curated and there was a lot of data and analytics around so rx bar is one of the leading brands for instagram best practices um and they always their like chief marketing officer always said it was about the feed not about the post 
uh, because Got people it. will decide to follow you or not based on your feed. Yeah. And they right. look at that. Um, not That's not to say that they don't engage in your content, but in order to make that to decision. To get them to, like, to actually you, decide. If, that's what they, I think, too. Because yeah. I have to be honest with you. If I go to if I think about myself and my own psychology, at least with Instagram, if I go to someone's feed and yeah. I, it doesn't look aesthetically pleasing to me as, like, an artist, I usually yeah. don't follow back because I'm like, 100%. oh, they don't know what they're doing. But I think that's where TikTok has its advantage. Yeah. Like, it doesn't I don't have to think look because as Jennifer was saying, like they do the work for you for the reach. And it's more um, video by video than yeah, it is like exactly. the feed. Yeah. Like yeah. you kind of get, cause it takes over your full screen. And I think that's a huge thing too. Instagram, it doesn't take your full screen, the image, it's a square. Mm-hmm. So you see, you have to scroll through where you're, you're, it, you get almost like sucked into TikTok because you're, you have to go, you get sucked in swiping through each full screen image or video. Totally. Um, so that's, I mean, now I'm thinking, I'm like, oh, TikTok sounds so much nicer now that I'm... Yeah, and Erin's been, like, super and I, I, I didn't mention yeah, this yeah. beforehand. I was, like, she was excited to talk to you because she was, like, I really don't like TikTok. And I'm, like, I think Jen's going to change your mind. Because so, <laughs> well, Jen no. changed my mind. So, so. I am anti... I TikTok. I'm anti-real. Oh, I... Yeah, I'm anti-real. too, actually. I Not was going to do a real rant on it because I was just, like, livid that, like, let TikTok be TikTok, let the reels 100%. be like, and that's where I was just like, it was, I mean, it was to me hurting Instagram. For sure. I completely agree. I think reels is annoying. The only people they've that changed like their reels algorithm. are, yeah, the only people that like reels are the people who haven't seen TikTok yet. And the only people whose reels I think are going to do really, really well. Well, Julia, you've had a few reels do really well, actually. Yeah, you've, yeah. A couple of them have. Yeah. Yeah. But I would say your stuff would probably do better you're going to reach a bigger audience or that I think potentially on Instagram than TikTok unless I think I'm a, I've never had someone inquire about buying a piece on TikTok exactly. yet but like yeah. We, yeah. We, who knows we could get there but I just I think that's more of a waiting game I think right now my audience and people who are buying for me is Instagram, Instagram. so that's where I yeah. think as an artist I need to put most of my time mm-hmm. so like sure. the leftover stuff kind of goes my leftover energy goes to TikTok but I'm hopeful that like it'll pick up eventually it's joining the conversation and being a part of it so you're yeah, still relevant yeah. but not like I just, it's, it's not so your exhausting yeah. to like do both like all in all the time, you know? Totally. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, Jen, I have like a random question yeah. about, well, I kind of have like two like kind of fun <laughs> questions. So like one is, cause you always have like the best stories. So one is oh. I want to know your like, if you have any like really, cause Aaron and I were talking about this the other day, like either like an epic fail when it comes to like art and like commissions or something i've had a couple that have just gone like oh. so bad or like a cra- like a crazy like client or like something you've had to deal with in like the art realm that like with your For commissions sure. that's just like gone bad yeah i would say um well as you guys or spray saw tan in the beginning, <laughs> or with spray tans whatever but either I, or. <laughs> um i don't know if like this isn't necessarily a crazy story. This more just has to do with my personality and why making commissions can be really hard for me sometimes. I feel like people don't realize that, okay, so if you're running your own business, which is like a spray tan business or something, it's like you have like full control. And even if you're selling art that you've made and then you're selling it after you've made it, it's mostly just like, I made this. If you like it, buy it. Like you still have almost full control. But -hmm. commissions for me are the worst because- I hate it when people try to like tell me what to do or 
are like dictate what they want and as an artist you have like your certain style you know and you have like your process and so when people tell you like hey can you draw this self-portrait of my parents but also can you make my mom's arm look skinnier and can you make my dad look younger and all this stuff it's like okay, get a photo first no. of all I don't do portraits like I know that you think I'm an artist and I am but I don't do portraits like that's not what I do second of all like I can't make your mom's arm look skinnier because then that like it's not gonna look like her and then making your dad younger isn't gonna look like him and second of all like I draw from photo like I can't make up what they look like so anyways I would say like my number one fail is just well a learning how to say no again can be hard for me and b I think that non-artists don't realize that like just because I might be good at drawing buildings or painting buildings doesn't mean I'm good at drawing like portraits exactly. you know what I mean exactly oh my gosh so that's Jen, preach really... yeah <laughs> yeah that's this, is my exist this is my existence <laughs> I'm not storytelling I'm just chirping um second of all I am as you guys saw a little disorganized and like ADHD and uh I just can't this is the my worst quality I think ever so I hope like nobody who ever interviews me for a job hears this. But I, <laughs> I think like time management is my worst quality and just being able to like predict how much time something's going to take me. Um, again, and the amount of time I take really depends on whether or not I like what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. Like if I want to paint it and I really love it, it won't take me long at all. But if I'm like dreading it and I hate it, it's going to take forever um so i would say my main fails would be um like yeah just just taking way too long on things and something i do often is i will tell people that something's almost done when in reality it's not almost done at all and then i screw myself over i'm just like ranting about my problems now um no i that's me and uh content creation when brands are like we have a deadline we need this photo by this day and i'm like Right. I work full time. I'm getting to it. Like by the time I had time, totally. it was too dark to do the photo. I'll do it tomorrow. <laughs> For sure. I think the other thing is this is my number one fail. And I've done it multiple times and I'll probably do it again because I've never gotten trouble or it's never actually caused any issues because I will go back and fix it. But let me just say, for example, this one guy commissioned a jacket from me and he needed it as a gift and he wasn't giving the gift for another like month or so but some people really want things in advance which is totally understandable and makes sense because they just want it in advance and that's totally fine and so i finished the jacket i went to telluride and he asked me if i could like change the color yellow to be lighter i was like yeah for sure i'll change it to be lighter and instead of just saying like i don't have the jacket with me i'll do it when i'm home I, for whatever reason, just didn't say that. And he was like, okay, great. Like, can you send me a picture of it? Like, he just assumed I had already lightened it. And for whatever reason, again, this is my problem. I didn't have the heart to tell him that I did not currently have the jacket with me and that I was in Colorado. So I straight up opened the picture I sent him of the jacket on my Facetune app, put the whitening <laughs> thing on it. <laughs> I digitally, <laughs> like, digitally this altered this jacket to look as if I had cleaned it up, A. So it was like deleting all these parts like he wanted certain things to look cleaner so i was just using the acne tool to make it look like i cleaned it up and then i was like messing with the exposure and the whites and all this crap and i literally photoshopped it sent it back and he was like so happy it looked perfect and then of course when i got home from telluride i actually did go home and change all of these things and he was so happy with it in person it was perfect but, but it could have gone bad fail, 
would be digitally altering my artwork for approval uh, to make people happy when in reality I just don't know how to like set boundaries and say like sorry I'm on vacation so that's a me problem for sure um but yeah I think digitally altering stuff which I've only done a couple times that's definitely my biggest fail I think that's a good lesson though for everyone a lot of artists like having those boundaries because you you finished it and then there was a change like when is the change is like when are you done with the piece you know you can't always be on call uh you need to be able to have a vacation like I would have like I don't know. That would have pissed Jen, me off I if did, someone sent me I've that. I've gotten caught in a lie before. Not caught in a lie, but had to, like, make up a bunch. Of, I've, I've, I've had this similar situation with a client recently where I don't know why I lied. Like, I don't know right. why. I literally called my mom and was like, Mom, why am I a liar? Why did I lie? Like, there's no, there was panicked. literally no reason. I just panicked because this guy yep. was like, okay, so I had the, I had ordered his, this panel to do his piece. And it had, the literally, like, Blick was out of it. Like, they were it was out of stock like and it didn't tell me that when I ordered it and so I was like waiting and waiting and kept getting delayed so I kept telling him it was a delay but it finally got to a point where I was like oh my god he probably just thinks I'm like ignoring him and he'd already given me a 50% deposit so I was like right. I lied that because I also told him I'd already started it too I was like oh I've oh, started it don't time. worry like it's it's underway but <laughs> the problem was then I was like okay, I'm you started th- thinking about it yeah, and so then I was like, I've started thinking about, oh, it's underway, it's coming along, I'll send you a picture late, like, this weekend or whatever. Right. Yep. And so then I started going around because I couldn't find this size panel anywhere. Like, I went to all the blicks, <laughs> it was did not exist. So I had to lie that I dropped the painting or something and, like, there was a dent <laughs> in it. Or, and, like, or that I, I can't remember what I said. I lied about how, like, I somehow, like, broke the painting. <laughs> right. And then I had to, like, do it. And then the only other... Or, or no, I can't remember how I, I got myself oh my out of this, but I like, I, I don't know how I got out of it, but I basically was like, and then I was like, can I also, and then as an apology, can I make, make the painting a little bit bigger for you? Cause I could only find oh, the painting like a little bit so bigger. Oh, that's so funny. So I was that's like, clever. And cause he wanted well it originally bigger. So I was like, I'm so sorry. I have this other panel that's a little bit bigger already so I could get started on it right away would it be all right if it's like two inches longer or whatever? And he's like, oh yeah, like, I'm so sorry. No problem. I that like, is so funny. There was literally no need for any of this. Yeah. Like, I was just going to say that. And it's like, why do we lie? Like, like <laughs> so that it's not done yet is actually probably, like, better than saying it broke or something. Because it's yeah, like, of course it'll it be is. done soon. It's just not done yet. Whereas yeah. it's like, I have to start the whole thing over. Like, I get what you're saying, though. It's like, you don't want to admit that you actually mm-hmm. just, like, didn't do what you said you did. And now yeah. you have to backtrack. And it's like, I don't know why we do that. But no, Julia, I get it too. At one point, I was like, why do I lie and say I'm started on something? Sometimes I lie and say I'm started on something because then it actually motivates me to get started. Yeah. Yeah, um, I didn't even have mater- like said materials in my possession. <laughs> so there was like really, it was like, even if you were motivated, it wasn't I couldn't have actually like started it. I mean, I did, I did drive to every blick within like, you know, a couple, like a, 15 mile radius of me right. but like anyway it was oh my god yeah so i i relate i have also lied if yeah. any client is listening to this right now <laughs> uh, you you, you I got your painting is they all got I their work yeah you got yeah. the painting but you still went above and beyond the other thing i want to say just in terms of like and maybe this is totally irrelevant but i do think that it's like a good thing to point out is just like i think when people order art from us they expect us to have this like magical studio and we magically already have all of our materials ready Mm -hmm. to go 
and we just yeah. have all the free time in the world to paint. And we blink we're our eyes right away. Yeah. Whereas in reality, it's like, no, I have to go to the art store not one time, but multiple times because I forget. Something. I get started, <laughs> and then I realize that I'm out of something, and then I realize that I need something else, and then I'm going to the store. And then, of course, I'll use it another time, but maybe not. And so I'm buying mm -hmm. all of these materials just for this one specific thing. And I'm spending all this time going to the store and picking things out. And then you have to take the time to actually sit down and paint things. And you have other things to do, whether painting is your full-time job or not. There's still going to be multiple things to paint. Mm -hmm. yeah. And promoting things time. on social media and wherever else. And all of that is still part of the job. So it's a lot that goes into making stuff. And so once in a while, I definitely think we have to just like, I don't know. And lying isn't like the answer. I thought you were going to say just lie. Just lie. <laughs> Sometimes just we just lie. need to just yeah, lie. lie. <laughs> it's yes. like, <laughs> well, I was going to save, I mean, maybe I'll save this story and like edit this out and save it for another time. But Jen, I don't think I ever told you this epic because I was going to, you're going to do like a whole podcast about just like mm -hmm. epic commission fails because I've had yeah. so many <laughs> fails. But yeah. like, I did want to tell you the story because I don't think I ever did. So I had this. I, I've been using egg tempera for a while and oh, no. it's like has actual egg in it. Mm -hmm. And yeah. so I had done this like oh, giant, I told Aaron this, this giant commission for this woman all in egg tempera. And I was still living at my parents' house and the, I was, this woman was literally coming over to pick up the painting. Like the painting was done, finished. Like she was going to come check it in person, make sure it's good. And then it was going to be off and on its way hers. I put the painting down in the front, like, like foyer of my parents' house, which makes my parents' house sound like it's massive, but it's just like that front entrance way. The foyer, right? yeah. The foyer, whatever. And so I put it there and I have, you know, I have two dogs and the, I, oh, I no. did not bait mm -hmm. the painting off from my dogs. Cause like they've never taken no. an interest in any painting I've ever painted before. And mm, I, but like, it was just too good. I just could you know, I didn't even think anyway. So I go, I go downstairs. I do like, I go away for like 15 minutes, not like, hardly any time I come back my dogs have licked the bottom half of this painting clean no like because it's egg tempera and it's like water soluble it takes a while before it's like like it's kind of like a chemical yeah. thing after a while it's like different it's like if watercolor could go on panel or on gesso yeah. is the best way to describe it but I remember takes, the woman's on her way. The too. woman was on her way. So I literally had to tell her my dogs ate my painting no I literally was like I'm so oh. sorry. Because there was no other lie I could tell her. I was like, my <laughs> dogs licked my painting. She probably Wait. thought you lied, but that wasn't right, a, lie. No. a lie. <laughs> no, I did send her a picture because I was like, you're not going to believe me. But this wow. happened. That yeah. is it. Wait, was she nice about it? She was, was very nice about it because I called her. She's like, you sound like you're like panicking. And I was like, I am. And she's like, it's okay. It's okay. So oh, like, that's so tough. God. It's so tough. It was but, like, so people, tough. Yeah. People were, that she was like, nice. So tough. It was wow. very tough. Anyway. So that's like my worst ever nightmare in, in my life. Like I literally tell my client that my dogs ate her painting. <laughs> um, so yeah, no, that's horrifying. children's book. <laughs> it was horrifying. Um, okay. So another question I want to ask, like, which is, I don't know why I'm asking all these horror story questions, but I guess, cause I feel like we learn more from like the bad sure. stuff, but I want to know, like, cause you have like a big following now on TikTok, like, and I'm sure you like get some trolls occasionally. Oh, uh, I, actually, I know for a fact you do. They're all there. I see the comments sometimes, <laughs> but like you get, you know, you get negative feedback from time to time or, 
Yeah. I want to know, like, maybe not like the worst time that this you've ever gotten. Like, oh, I have a worst time. You have a worst time. Okay, well, a like what the worst time was. You don't have to tell us exactly, but like really bad. How you navigated it, like you know, yeah. how do you deal with negative feedback? I guess this is a good um, question, and I definitely have like a definitive time that was the worst. And I hope that I can tell the story in like a sensitive way because it is kind of like controversial. So yeah, basically what happened is there was this Heather trend and it was like the song Heather in the background and people would post pictures of themselves or someone they knew who was very attractive with the Heather song in the background and Heather essentially meant you are an attractive person. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. So I posted a video of, of my grandma who was a supermodel slash also an artist and she literally was a supermodel, yeah, by the way. Yeah, she's super, super cool. Model, like, yeah. One of the first, like, no big deal. supermodels. And so I posted a video saying, like, my grandma, like, I won the trend, like, my grandma's Heather. And it was my most viral video, and it actually won the Heather trend. Like, it got the most. Yeah, like, if you look up that song, like, Jennifer's it's on video the is the top one. Yeah. So I will look it up after this. Yeah. And the pictures were amazing. It got the most positive feedback ever. I was so like, it was honestly like emotional just because so many people were like, your grandma's so beautiful, blah, blah, blah. And she was the nicest person. Yeah. And she passed away and it was cool looking through all of her photos and posting it. And so all of the video feedback I got on that video was fantastic. But then another girl made a video and she posted a video saying that she saw a viral video about someone's grandma calling them Heather when in reality she looked into it and this grandma was posting pictures with Trump flags and posted something about wanting to lynch people. Okay. So I, of course, I have no clue this video exists. I'm not on, you know, this isn't anything I saw, but this person who posted it had like 400 K followers and a huge army of people. And so, but this is not your grandma. Your grandma was not even alive. And so I will tell that story. Yes, it wasn't, it ended up not being a mine, of course, but everybody in the comments is like, who's grandma, who's grandma, who posted this? Oh, and they said the person who posted it was, oh, they said the person who posted it had all lives matter in their bio and Trump flags everywhere. (laughs) So anyways, people were commenting on this girl's video saying who who's grandma who posted this and of course every single person who responded to those comments was tagging me and there was one troll in particular that just responded to every single comment tagging me and so all of these people came from that video and that video got like a million views Mm -hmm. so my not only my tiktok but my instagram was flooded with people calling me racist and saying that I was racist and I wanted to lynch people. And And it wasn't something you posted. It was something someone else posted. Somebody assumed that it was Jennifer. Like connected. That it was like. Because it was about someone's grandma and it was my grandma and my video was the viral one. So anyways, all of these people are posting on my TikTok and my Instagram to the point where like I couldn't even control it. I was getting hundreds of comments like literally per yeah. minute of just being like racist, racist, blah, blah, blah. That's like scary. Horrible things. Like, yeah. I hope you and your grandma die. Yeah. Like, I, like blah, 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 all that kind of stuff. To the point where like my friends were texting me being like, hey, like my sister is wondering why they're saying this. Like, like, did you do something? Like people thought, everyone I knew thought I did something racist, you know? And I was like, no, there's this video that exists that's accusing my grandma of being a Trump supporter and trying to lynch people. 
So then my response was apparently wrong, but I actually think I had to say something because I was just like, Mm. like I, I literally don't know where this is coming from and I wanted to stop. So I posted a video saying like, Hey, my grandma actually was definitely not who you're talking about. Um, like my grandma was like an activist, which she was, um, she had, she was like, like a women's rights activist. Like she helped get some law changed in river forest that like black people could live there. Like it was crazy. Like, and she did like her whole senior portrait series was on like black leaders. And this isn't like the the fifties or the sixties. So this Mm -hmm. is like way before our time, like Mm -hmm. way better than anything I've done. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like that was actually like a, a very important thing to her. And so I like said, you know, I think you guys have the wrong grandma. <laughs> so and then they, of course, started attacking me more, saying that I was inserting myself into a conversation that I did not belong in. And then the person who made the video responded to my video saying, I wasn't talking about your grandma. Like, why are you inserting yourself in this? And then, of course, I got more I got even more hate than the first time because they thought I was yeah. trying to, quote, get clout for inserting myself. So I think my mistake was just not letting it pass, if I'm being honest. Yeah. I should have just deleted the negative comments and let it pass. I think the reason I made that video was because I didn't want my grandma's name, like, slandered. Yeah, yeah of um, And so it ended up being okay, but I got even more hate the second time. But I was also at least, like, you know what, at least there's something on the internet of me saying, like, no, that wasn't me. Um, but then I realized the easiest thing I could have really done was just saying my grandma died before donald trump ever even announced he was running for presidency like it's clearly not me um so i wasn't even i would say my number one piece of advice would be to like think really clearly uh Mm -hmm. and like wait maybe to address the situation because if it's going to die down quickly that's the best case scenario rather than just like fueling the fire and then second of all i wasn't thinking clearly to the point where i could have even remembered that she had passed away far before that time happened anyways yeah. so i would because you're just like, sort of like getting like assaulted basically like yeah you're like, i mean it's upsetting a very much of a reaction and you want for yeah. sure like so, I and emotional reacted. too yeah and i got really defensive and um i was also just getting really upset that you know people on tiktok thought that i was racist and had all lives matter in my bio and wanted to lynch people and something about donald trump and it's funny because i Anyways, I had posted, like, anti-Donald Trump TikToks before that. Anyways, so some of them found it, and they were like, wait a second, what? Yeah. So it ended up being okay, and it passed, but it was really difficult at the time because I essentially got accused of something that wasn't true, and then this massive community was, like, attacking me. Um, So I would say, yeah, yeah, my main takeaways are just, like, be calm. If you can let it pass, let it pass. Um. If you can't, then just, like, address something super logically and um, nicely, which I did try to address it really nicely, but it was just a difficult topic to deal with. But I think just from a PR perspective, my main piece of advice is unless you really, really, really hurt someone or, like, did something horrible, like, pretty much any controversy will pass, especially if it's only a one-time thing. If it's, like, repeated offenses, then that can be really problematic. But I would say most of the time with, like, all of this cancel culture stuff, like, people can get canceled. But usually it's actually just for a very short period of time. And most of the time it passes. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And those haters are going to be out there. Yeah. Even if, no matter hate, what you say, they're still going to hate. For 
Sure. So that was an interesting one for sure, but it ended up being okay and it's fine now. Well, sorry you had to go through that. That's just yeah, Jen. I don't think I really I think I, like, saw that video post and I was like so confused. Like I think I saw the video like the like I, this is not my grandma post and I was like yeah. so confused. I was like I just like moved past because I was like of course that's not like whatever. Right. But I didn't realize you were taking so much heat. So oh, yeah. I'm sorry for not reaching out. Jesus. Like, no, was, no, it's okay. It's totally oh my fine. God. Well, yeah, no, I mean, I've never ever experienced even like a, sh- like even a fraction of like that amount of like intense kind of backlash for anything. But I'm like, I mean, I think it's kind of, I'm sure it's helpful. I mean, for anybody to hear like, okay, even in the worst case scenario, like just like, this is what to do. Like just wait yeah. it out. Like, you know. Sure. Take a breath. Yeah. Like, what do you think is the response, no matter how big or small, is just like take mm-hmm. a beat. You yeah, know. 100%. And um, yeah, I would also say, of course, I knew that 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 wasn't true. So in that sense, I like had some peace. My main concern was other people thinking it was true yeah. and then having that tied to like my name or anything like that. So, you know, again, things usually things will pass is like the main takeaway, I would say. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But if you're a hater out there, cut it out. (laughs) Yeah, cut it out. (laughs) Just cut it out. Jen, where can people find you and follow you? Um, I'm sure they're all interested to check out what you've done. Yeah, I I mean, like, I want want people to, like, go follow you on TikTok because I feel like, I mean, you know your work, like, that your main TikTok, you do have an art TikTok, but, like, your main TikTok, while not art, I think, like, it is art how you've, mm-hmm. like, crafted it, you know, like, and that you've, like, creativity. worked in, So, we work so hard at this, and, like, Thank I really... Thank you, that's so nice. Yeah. Um, I really appreciate it. My main TikTok is Jenny Ree, J-E-N-N-E-E-R-E-E, and then, same on Instagram, Jenny Ree, J-E-N-N-E-E-R-E-E, um... Yeah, and if anybody has any questions or anything, like, feel free to DM me on Instagram or TikTok. My TikTok DMs are, like, completely open, too, and I read them, so. And Jen has a podcast as well. I do. My podcast is a little different. It's um, (laughs) geared toward my TikTok audience. So um, the podcast is called Real or Fake. It's on Spotify and um, Apple Podcasts. And it's hosted by me and my friend Kylie Vickery. So you guys can go check that out as well. Yeah. And I think, I mean, if you just want to listen to like two friends chatting about all things <laughs> under the sun, I think it's a very entertaining podcast. Like personally, it's, it's fun. It's, a, it it's a fun listen. Thank you so much. Yes. It's very lighthearted and you can just have it on in the background and it's just me and my friend talking to each other about lots of different stuff so <laughs> i'm a big awesome. fan i'm a big fan thank you thanks for joining Yay. us this yeah evening. thank you so much jen also i feel like your questions made me like actually think about stuff so oh good um, hopefully in a good really way no definitely in a good and way and not like i quit um, tiktok <laughs> no like really well thank you again jen and oh gosh, um no, thank this you. was fun I'm so excited Thank you again to Jen for coming on the show. I hope you guys all enjoyed this episode. If you did, please leave us a review or follow us on Instagram at Girls and let us know what you thought. Also, go and make sure to follow Jennifer on Instagram and TikTok. Uh, like I said, we, she has a lot of really great content and really funny stuff too. And also make sure to check out her podcast, Fake or Real. So thank you guys so much again for listening and stay tuned for next week.